0: Amen. Appreciate that. Thank you for that special. What a great song. I love songs that lift up the Lord and brag on how good God is to us. If you stop and think about it, in all reality, God is so good to us. He really is. And uh, boy, what a blessing. Uh, what a great encouragement. Um, love those songs. Revelation chapter number one. And uh, I, I had uh, said that we're going we're gonna to look at the book of Revelation while we were doing some Wednesday night questions. Uh, there were several questions on on uh, on the book of Revelation, and uh, and actually I need to dig out in my file and and pull those back out and make sure that I do address those uh, while we go through the book of Revelation. Uh, but I, I, there were so many, really, and and so I really just felt like Lord would have us go through the book of Revelation, and uh, and we'll do that on Sunday nights, and uh, Lord willing, we'll we'll get into this book, and and it will be a blessing to you. Chapter number one is a It's really a great introductory chapter uh, to the entire book uh, of Revelation. And uh, so Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 1, the Bible says this, The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Let's stop right there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, I thank you again for the privilege of serving you, the privilege of preaching. God, the privilege of uh, of being in church tonight. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch hearts, help us as we study your word, Father, that we may um, have an understanding, that we may gain insight of you, and, and God will certainly thank you for that. God, again, I pray that you'd bless. Uh, as only you can. And Father, we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we look at this uh, this book, and just really we're going to do an introductory uh, to the book of Revelation tonight, but the, the word revelation means this, the act of disclosing or discovering to others what was before unknown to them. Appropriately, the disclosure or communication of truth to men by God Himself or by His authorized agents, the prophets and apostles. And, uh, and so the book of Revelation is that. It is something that reveals to us something that is uh, unknown. And, and so uh, it's a really good book to study and look into, and I'm, I'm excited about it uh, and, and looking forward to getting into the book of Revelation. And I want us, the first thing, as we look at these first few verses, I want us to see a few things. The first thing I want you to notice is the anonymous. That is, uh, the, as the title implies, something is going to be revealed uh, if, if, and this is, not going to happen to my knowledge, but if Maslin decided to put out a statue or something like that, and boy, they, they had it all concealed, you know, there was things up and nobody could see what it is and they would work on it and and work away and and the day finally came that it was to be revealed they would have a great uh, tarp that would be over it and and nobody would know, everybody would be wondering what's what's behind the tarp and people would be gathering and, and finally they would pull that tarp away and you would see what uh, what they had been working on. And that's the whole idea of the book of Revelation. It gives us insight into things that are going to come. And so the first thing I want you to notice is the anonymous. You say, well, that's... That's strange. Well, it is a revelation of something, so something must be revealed. I want you to know that from the first verse of the book of Genesis, from the Bible, uh, that God is revealed in Scripture. The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. There's no no, uh, mysticism about it. There's no mystery encapsulating the fact that God exists from the very get-go. He revealed that, hey, He is in heaven. He is the author. He is the founder of everything that exists. You go on, and in verse number 2, it'll read like this, "...and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep." Watch this. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the second thing you find out in verse number 2, that, hey, there, number 1, there is a God in heaven who created everything, who exists. And then 2, the Spirit of God is automatically revealed in verse number 2. But the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is not revealed. He's active. He was part of creation. But he was not revealed in creation. God chose to keep him uh, obscured. Now you can find Christ throughout the Old Testament. So don't say that I'm saying Christ is not in the Old Testament. He is in the Old Testament. But it's obscured. It's veiled. It's something that is not revealed to its full extent. Matter of fact, there's prophecy all throughout Scripture. And so under the anonymous, we have the, the seer or the scriptural prophecy. And that would be that of Jesus in Genesis chapter three and verse number fifteen. We find the very first promise of a Messiah in Scripture, and the Bible as as the God is dealing with the sin of Adam and Eve, and and He is talking with them, and He says this, and He rather He's talking to the serpent at this point, and He says, "I will put enmity between thee, that would be the serpent, and the woman, between thy seed and." her. Her seed. It goes on and it says, It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And it's really subtle, but it is there because women don't have seed. That's men. And so God has declared that, hey, there would be a virgin-born Messiah that would come to the earth and would be here at some time. You can look throughout the Old Testament and there are prophecies after prophecy after prophecy that deal with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's prophecies of His death. Isaiah 53, we know this. In verse number 5 it says, But He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. And so there's prophecy concerning the birth of Jesus. There's prophecy concerning the death of Jesus. There's prophecy concerning the coming again of Jesus. And the prophecy in the Old Testament pointed forward to Jesus Christ. We find in the Gospels, hey listen, we find the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is revealed in the Gospels. You get to the New Testament and you'll find that John opens up his, his, uh, his Gospel with, behold the Lamb of God. And he makes no bones about it that Jesus Christ came as a sacrifice into this world so that He could live a, a perfect, sinless life He could die on the cross of Calvary and take our place and shed His blood so that you and I could be eternally saved. And it talks about His humanity in those Gospels. It reveals the fact that, hey, Jesus Christ needed to sleep. He was asleep on the boat. It reveals the fact that He was hungry. Uh, It reveals the fact that on the cross He cried out, I thirst. It reveals the fact that He was was 100% human In the Gospels. And it lets us understand that and realize that very clearly. It brings out Jesus Christ's humanity. We know and we understand that Jesus is 100% God. But what I'm telling you is it was concealed in the Old Testament. That's why the Pharisees, that's why the scribes, that's why many of the Jews were confused when Jesus Christ came. They thought he was going to come as a, a king to set up his kingdom and to, uh, to, to overturn the Roman uh, authority that was then over the Jews. They were looking for a deliverer. And he was a deliverer, but just not how they thought. And so uh, they were looking at all of that. And he's revealed in the Gospels as a sacrifice. But look at our text tonight in Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. In looking through the book of Revelation, you know what we're going to find? We are going to find that Jesus Christ is revealed in the book of Revelation. We find He's concealed in the Old Testament. We find He's revealed in the New Testament Gospels as, as human and as the Son of God and the God-man, if you will. But we do not see His entire sovereign side in the Gospels. That's all, re- that's all concealed. It's hidden. It's not It's not obvious. But in the book of Revelation, you're going to get a glimpse of who Jesus Christ is fully in His sovereignty and the other end of the spectrum uh, that is revealed throughout the book of Revelation. And so we'll look forward to looking who Jesus is in His sovereignty and as, as the, uh, the divine God that He is, because He is God. And so we'll see that we see the anonymous, that He has been kept largely anonymous throughout Scripture. And, uh, and we see Him as human, but we, uh, and we can understand that He is God. I mean, there's enough of that for us to read those and connect all the dots, but in the book of Revelation, it will clearly show us that He is God. So we find the anonymous will be revealed. I want you to notice here in verse number 1, the Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice that second phrase, which God gave unto him. Not only the anonymous revealed being Jesus Christ, but I want you to notice the author that is giving it. You know, a lot of people, they're skeptical of the Word of God. I mean, if you, uh, if you do any, any reading, uh, people will, will look at the Bible and they say, Ah, oh, that's an old book. That's old-fashioned. Man, that, that, that's, not, uh, that's not valid today. Listen, God, God gave us this book. They tend to discount the Bible. Let me tell you something. This book is far more important than, than the world gives it credence today. It is the very Word of God. And the fact that, hey, we're holding it in our hands, and it says, which God gave unto him. He's talking, of course, about John there. But God is the one that reveals and gives us the information that we have recorded in this this Bible this evening. And look at the system that God gave. Uh, It was God that gave it. It wasn't man saying, man, I wonder what I can think up and write about God. He just wasn't sitting around saying, well, you know, I think I'm going to write some things down and, and, and count it at gospel. Listen, there's, there, are, there are people who do that. There's people who, uh, they, they dream and they say, well, God gave me this information and all this vision and all this stuff. And, and, and I think, man, you know, God gave us the written word. And, and we'll look at a little bit of that tonight. Uh, go with me to 2 Peter chapter number, Savior spot here in, in Revelation. We'll be back here. But 2 Peter. Chapter number 1 and verse number 20. We'll start there. Second Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 20. Go back to verse number 19. I, I love this, this passage. Verse number 19, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 19. The Bible says this. This is, this is the Apostle Peter. L- let me go back and just tell you who this is. This is Peter writing. This is Peter that walked on water. This is Peter that denied Christ three times in the garden, uh, or when Jesus was rather being uh, being tried there in the judgment hall. And, and Peter denied him three times. This is Peter that was out on the lake fishing when God came along and said, hey, cast your nets in on the other side. And, he, and there were so many fish that the nets break. And this is Peter that we're talking about that walked and talked and and lived with the lord jesus christ for the three and a half years that jesus ministered on this earth and look at what he says in verse number eight verse number 19 he says we have also a more sure word of prophecy Whereinto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. This is a man that walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a man that ate with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a man that walked on the water, saw the miracles that Jesus did, and he's telling us we have a more sure word of prophecy. What's he talking about? The experiences? No. Let's go on. Let's find out what he says. In verse number 20, he says, knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, hey, we don't take one verse and just say, well, this is what this means. Boy, you'll go off the rails real quick doing that. There's context involved. And we don't just take our our private interpretation and run away with it. Verse number 21, the Bible says this, For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man. You understand what that's saying? Man wasn't sitting there uh, thinking, boy, I I can't wait for God to to give me something so that I can write it down and, and write the word of God. No, man wasn't there waiting for God to reveal but, and, and saying, God, reveal something to me. Give me something so I can write it down. No, he was going about his life, and, and God came to that man and, and revealed to him it was God that was doing the initiating here. The Bible says, for, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved By the Holy Ghost. And we find that God initiated and God gave His Word. And God was the one that was giving out that information. I find it interesting because He does say, holy men of God. Listen, it was not just anyone. God chose people and God used people in a wonderful, marvelous method that He gave the Word of God. And it wasn't as they pleased. By the way, I say holy men, but that does not mean perfect men. You go back, you reread Peter. We know Peter's fallacy. He denied the Lord three times. We know that, man, he was a vile fisherman. He was probably a really foul-mouthed fella uh, before he ran into the Lord. Not perfect. What about David who wrote the Psalms, who fell into sin? These were not perfect men, but they were used perfectly of God. They were holy men. That he selected. Listen, the Bible is an amazing book. Uh, I read the, I I had to look these stats up again because they're just so amazing. But this Bible has uh, 40 human authors who wrote over a time of 1,600 years. You think about that. What a wonderful book that God has given to us. And he says here in, in, in Revelation chapter number. Uh, one in verse number one, uh, that which God gave unto him, it was God who initiated this revelation, giving it to John, and saying, "Listen, John, I want you to write these things down and save them in a book because this is my word. You think about the authors well, you know, authors are different i uh, i 'm not a big reader uh, of of fictional things I, I tend to read more informational, and, and yes, it's boring, and yes, it's dry, and that's probably why I don't like to read. But it's informational. It's very educational. So I read those things, but, you know, not every author writes the same. I've read occasional some fiction books, and, and some fiction books, man, I'm like, chapter 2, done, I closed it. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and read chapter 3. Five years later, it's still sitting there with my bookmark in it. I haven't touched it again. And some books, I'm like, man, I go back and it's interesting. I reread it again. Not every author writes the same. They all have a different style. They all have unique character. They all have a way of, of writing. Listen, that's true about the Bible too, but you'll never find a book that's written by 40 different authors that goes together so well, like the Word of God, because it's God given. It's God is the author. And he used these men as human instruments and he did allow some of their own personal styles to be injected into his text. But God is the ultimate author and he's the one that gave. And so we find in our first verse, not only the anonymous, that Jesus Christ is going to be revealed. We find that the author is that God is the one that's giving us this information. As we look at this in verse number uh, 1 as well, I want you to notice not just the anonymous, not just the author of who's giving this information, but I want you to know the audience that it's given to. Look with me in verse number 1. The Bible says, "...the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto Him to show unto His servants things which must shortly come to pass." The Apostle John, of course, wrote it all down for us. I was reading through this stuff and, and looking, and, and some people say, well, the Apostle John uh, was not the author of Revelation. And I think to myself, some, some people have just too much time on their hands. I'm thinking to myself, what other John is there? And uh, and they dig through history and they find some other people and they say, well, the the, the grammar and the the writing style is different of John. Well, well, let me tell you something. Uh, You take something that I wrote 10 years ago, it's going to be different than what I've written today. My style has changed a little bit. Uh, my, my, my personality has changed a little bit. It's not always going to be the same. I believe right here, the Bible gives us enough information to say that, hey, it is John the Apostle that walked with the Lord Jesus Christ that recorded this. And so I, that's free. That's not even the audience. That's just the fact that John wrote, the, uh, wrote this down for us. But who's the audience? He says there that uh, to show unto His servants... Can I tell you this evening, the Revelation, the book of Revelation, is written to those who are saved and born again. The, God, the, the revelation is not for the lost world who deny the Word of God, who say, well, I'm not even sure if there is a God. How are they going to believe things to come if they don't know what's been revealed already through God and through Jesus Christ as the sacrifice for our sins? If they have not accepted that, there's no way on earth that they can step off into the future and see what is going to come down the pipe. It's written to those that are saved. You cannot be a servant of God unless you are saved. So we see that it's written to the saved. It's written to those that are serving the Lord. He says uh, to the servant. Hey, listen, there are are those who are saved that take no interest in the Word of God. No interest in, in the work of God. Hey, listen, he's writing to those who are actively serving the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, hey, we're serving the Lord. We want to know what's coming down the road. We want to know what's next. We want to know what's, what's going to come. And He's written that for us. We are the audience that He wants to write and give this to. But what is the purpose of this book? What is the aim? Look at the, there in verse number 1. He says, "...to show unto His servants things which must shortly come to pass." And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. And so listen, his aim and his purpose is twofold. One, it is certainly to show Jesus Christ as the sovereign. It's interesting. I would looked up that phrase king of kings. You know where it shows up in the book of Revelation we see Jesus Christ as the King of kings. There is more proof in the the book of Revelation about the deity of Jesus Christ uh, than than other places. It just shows up because it's very clear that He is the one that God sent. He is God. But it shows us his, His sovereign side. The Gospels show us His humanity and His human side. And we find that that things that are to come are going to be revealed. We find that Jesus Christ uh, is the sovereign God is also revealed. Uh, Listen, in the book of Revelations, things that are to come, the tribulation, the judgment, uh, those things are written in the book of Revelation. And uh, and listen, in case you're curious and scratching your head and wondering, hey, listen, we're going to be pulled out of here. Okay, the trumpet's gonna sound. The church is going to be drawn up and, and pulled out of here. Those who are saved and those who are born again, we're gonna be raptured. Man, I, what a wonderful, I, I don't, I wonder about that all the time. Like, I, I think, man, are, are could you imagine, I mean, uh, if, if we're all saved in here tonight, and boy, that trumpet sounds. And I, I wonder what it's, what it's going to be like afterwards. Is somebody going to come in, wander in, and just find a bunch of pile of clothes laying around? They'll rifle through our wallets and take our cash. They'll, they'll say, well, I got the idea of this guy. Boy, I can man, I can be anybody I want to. Now I look at all the IDs I got. It, it, I, are we going to leave holes in the roof? I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. What about the cemeteries? I mean, could you imagine? Uh, are, is it going to be, I don't think it'll be something visible. I think the world's going to be just totally uh, baffled by it. Uh, but, but could you imagine if, if graves opened up and holes are left in all the places where the saved people are, are risen because their body is physically going to be put back together, assembled and changed into something incorruptible. I don't know how it's all going to be. But man, what an awesome thought. Are we, going to be able to, are we flying slow enough that we'll actually see ourselves ascend? I don't know. Are we going to be looking down? I think we're going to be looking up at that trumpet saying, man, the Lord, this is it. This is that day. And again, I, I don't know all of those things, but I'm just telling you uh, that, that that is going to take place. After that takes place, there's going to be a tribulation. It's a revelation to us so that we can know what is going to take place on this earth after we're gone. Amen. He's telling us those things. And then he goes on and he says, we see the, uh, the closing with the victory. I tell you what, the last few chapters of the book of Revelation are some sweet chapters. And John says, I, John, saw the holy city descending. Boy, what, a, what an awesome sight that John had the insight to be able to see all of those things and actually visualize them. What an incredible thing that God gave him that window of opportunity to see into that future and glimpse what was going to take place, and he recorded it all for us. I'm just saying, we, we sing that old song. Uh, we, we, we've heard the old song that uh, I read the back of the book, and I know who wins. What a blessing for us as Christians. Oh, things get bad, yes. Things are bad now. Oh, yes, I, I realize that. But I tell you what, that song we sing, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hey, I'm looking for something better, my friend. I, I, I love my canoe. I love my house. love my dog sometimes. But she doesn't get on my nerves. But I tell you what, man, I'm looking forward to heaven. I'll leave all that behind in a heartbeat. I'm not tied to those things. Those are temporal. They're earthly things. But I'm looking forward to getting out of here and spending all of eternity in heaven. What a great day. And all of that is revealed to us. The aim and the scope of the book of Revelations is to reveal to us all of those things who the lord is the things that are going to come and the victory that we have forward that we have to look forward to as we think about the book of revelation what a blessing we see the anonymous is revealed that is jesus christ as the sovereign god in his full godhead on display for us the author that God has given us these things, the audience that we, uh, those that are saved, would receive these things. Look at verse number 3. We we don't have time to really get into all the scope of this, but look at what it says. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Boy, we're blessed. I'd remind you, just for sake of context, that this was written, uh, I, I, don't, I didn't get the date, but even for all practical purposes, it was written almost 2,000 years ago. And it was written then, for the time is at hand. And I'm not saying uh, that the Lord can't come, the Lord could come any moment. It's in, imminent. There's nothing hindering uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, save God in heaven that's just holding off and, and not telling them to sound the trumpet. But I'm just saying, I don't know. There's no time frame given. It's just that it could be any day. And, and this was written 2,000 years ago, and I would just remind us that with, for the Lord, who, who, whose clock watch does not run like ours does, I'm sure he doesn't have a digital uh, Android or Apple watch by any stretch of the imagination. He doesn't even need it. But I, I would remind you that the Bible says a day with the Lord is as a 1,000 years. And so it's, it's only been like, for God, two days passing since this was written. And He may wait three days. He may wait four days. He may wait only wait two and an eighth day. Amen. What I'm saying is it could be today. It could be any time that He would come. And all of this would kick off. And all of this would start. And so we're looking into all of this, finding what God has revealed and what God wants us to know about the future as we go through the book of Revelation. And I hope and pray that that is a help and a blessing to you as we look over the the book of Revelation with every head bowed and every eye closed and as we stand to our feet. May God help us to take an interest and may God help us as we go through the book of Revelation to see the deity of Jesus Christ. The awesomeness of who He is the power that He has on display. Father, I pray that You'd bless each and every person. God, as we read Your Word and as we study the book of Revelation, God, You've promised that we'll be blessed. And God, sometimes we do look at some of these things with fear and trembling, thinking, wow, what a, what a fearful time. But God, may we know as Your children God, that we're saved and that it is something that we, we're on the winning side. We're on the good side. We're on the team that's going to win. May we realize that and may we be encouraged and strengthened and even emboldened today to live for you like never before. Because we know in the end, God, that you win. God, I pray that you'd strengthen, encourage and help each and every believer as we go through the book of Revelation. Father, we'll thank you for that. And God will give you the honor and glory for all that you've said and done. Father, if there's one here that does not know you as their own personal Savior, God, I pray that you'd speak to their heart, and show them their need for salvation. And God will certainly thank you for that. And God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, God spoken to your heart, whatever, maybe you just want to thank Him for the victory that we have. Maybe you just want to say, man, I, I look forward to seeing who is God. Whatever the need, if God spoken to your heart, the altar's open.